You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. A blessed Sunday to everyone. Good evening. Praise God that He has given us another chance to gather together and worship His name. I would like to inform the congregation that Mr. Joben Manhuyud, along with his wife, si Mam Annette, uh, made a decision that they will be joining a cruise ship so that they can also continue a ministry there by forming small groups. So they won't be with us anymore. However, maybe after a few months, you will be seeing them again because they consider Zikaik as their home church. But we are grateful to God, to them also, for the eight months that they have spent with us filling the vacuum in the music ministry. And so this time that they had, uh, they said already goodbye. Well, it's a temporary goodbye because from time to time they will still be in our midst to worship with us, to join us in honoring our God. Let's continue to pray for them as well as they embark in this new journey that they have set their hearts and minds. Tonight, we are going to discuss the third part of the series entitled Pseudo-Christianity or Pseudo-Christians. Last night, I was with my children inside our room, and my wife was outside hanging our newly washed clothes. And so I told my children, I will help your mom outside. And we will be there for quite some time. But I want you guys to brush your teeth and prepare yourselves for us to sleep right away when we come back here inside. And both of them said, yes, daddy, we will do that. And so I went outside and helped my wife. After around 25 to 30 minutes, we went back inside our room. And the first thing that I have asked these two little ones was, did you already brush your teeth? And they both said, yes, we did. And I asked them another question, are you ready to sleep now? And they said, yes, we are. When I heard those words, yes, we did, and yes, we are, it made me feel so good because I felt that these little ones, my children, respected my words. I felt as well so respected because they valued what I told them to do. And as I was experiencing this, I said to myself, maybe this is a similar feeling that my God would experience whenever I am going to do what He tells me to do. Maybe it's the same gladness that God would experience in His heart when His children are actually obeying His commands. Maybe it's a similar experience that God would have in his heart when those who follow him will take his word seriously that when we become hearers of the word, at the same time we become doers of his word. This is a litmus test against pseudo-Christians. The real children of God will not only be hearers of the word but doers of the word. That's what we will be discovering further in the book of James as James wrote to the believers in his time. James chapter 1 verses 22 to 25. 
Again, James 1, 22-25. The Word of the Lord says, But prove yourselves doers of the Word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. James was advising the believers to be doers of the word. Because many times these people heard the word of the Lord already. They read the Torah. They read the scriptures. And yet there are possibilities that were uh, not possibilities but realities taking place that they were not applying it, especially in times of pressure. You know, the genuineness of a certain matter is tested. The genuineness of a certain person can really be seen if there is a pressure applied. Back in those days, the believers were persecuted. They were the minority. They, they were scattered all over the known world in those days, particularly Asia Minor. And in the midst of those persecutions, some of them compromised their faith. Some of them read the word but never brought it into action. And so James was challenging them that in the midst of pressure, in the midst of tension, they must continue not only to adhere secretly, but they must display in their actions the word of the living God. Because this is what I realize. When there is pressure taking place, when there is difficult time happening, it really brings out the genuineness of whatever object that may be. Like for example, you bought a shoes, a pair of shoes. And then you were suspecting that the shoes you bought are actually not genuine. And you ask the seller, and the seller would tell you, well, it's genuine. Because oftentimes, sellers would tell you that it's really genuine or original. Some of them, when my conscience na umaatake sa kanila, they would say OEM or Class A. But you bought that shoes for a price, and then still you had that suspicion that it's not genuine. You use that on a daily basis, and the shoes really work well for you. But one time, it was a rainy afternoon. Maulan, tapos ginamit mo yung shoes. Nabasa, naging maputik. And then you went home and then you realized that it was really so muddy and dirty, it was all wet. The following day, you check on your shoes because you wanted to wash it. Lo and behold, bumuka agad yung sole ng, kanyang, ng, ng sapatos mo. Right then and there, you're able to say, di lagigyod ni original. Why? It has given up already with that experience that you have wearing it on a rainy season. And you are able to realize na hindi siya original kasi nga 
madali lang nasira. Usually, it goes with a price. And some people would say, nadaot da yun? Ay, simpre, barato raman. Commonly, we experience that. And that's why I am saying the genuineness of a certain matter can really be tested when there is tough time taking place, even in the person's life, even in Christianity. So when there is a tough time taking place, the possibility is that those who are really genuine would really display continually their faith in the Lord. And the believers in those days were so much challenged. That is why James was advising them, continue to bring out in your life the Word of God. Now, this was the advice of James in particular if you look at verse 22. Verse 22 contains the command. What was the command? He said here, But prove yourselves doers of the Word. I look at the Greek text, there is no word prove. But what I have seen there is the be verb be. Be doers of the Word. And I can see a great significance if we stick with that literal translation that instead taking be doers or but prove yourselves doers of the Word, I think it is more significant when we take the simpler form which is be doers. Why is it significant? Because when a Greek writer or somebody who knows the Greek language would use that be verb, which is be doers, be, it gives us an understanding that the action that is going to take place is rooted in the being of the one who does the action. The action that is about to be done is anchored on the very person, the core of the person's being. And it tells a lot about the believers because when James admonished them to be doers, be doers of the word, it gives an understanding that deep inside their hearts, there is already a transformation that happened. And the transformation wasn't done by these believers, but it was created or done by God himself working deep within them. Be doers of the word. And James clarified further about this matter when he gave illustrations about this command that he mentioned. And the illustrations that he made came in two forms. Verses 23 to 24 give us a negative illustration. Verse 25 give us a positive illustration. So let's look into these two illustrations that James made. The first illustration, he said it this way. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man. Take note of the word like. Okay, He is now comparing the person who hears the word but, not, but does not bring it into action. He is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. And then he saw the blemishes. He saw those imperfections as reflected by the mirror. He saw that there is something wrong with his appearance. And yet what happens in verse 24? For once he looked at himself and gone away, and he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. 
what James was telling here is that that person who hears the word but does not bring it into his action is someone who saw his image in the mirror. And in that image that he's looking at, there are blemishes. There is an imperfection that he needed to correct. There is something wrong that he needed to make right. And yet, he just looked at himself and did not do anything. And then he left the mirror and then forgot about everything that he saw about himself. He is likened to that being. What is the function of a mirror? A mirror usually works for us because it tells us the image that we have. And when there is something, when we perceive that something wrong is wrong with our appearance, our brains would dictate us deep inside our mind, telling us, you look for a mirror. Like for example, you took your lunch, and it so happened that your ulam is pusit. Unsa may mahita buog, nukos imong sudan. Ang imuhang ngipon, mangitum. So after taking your lunch, before going back to the office, you knew that your ulam is posit and your teeth will be having some stain of black. Your brain would tell you, look at a mirror first. So that you will know if your teeth are still really very dark with the ink of the squid. You brush your teeth. After brushing your teeth, sometimes we are still not contented until we see the mirror. Because the mirror would reflect our image. No wonder, if we see a mirror, it takes our attention. Have you noticed when you walk inside a mall and a wall has a mirror and then you just happen to pass by that wall or a pillar that has a mirror, you just happen to pass by and then you realize you are about to go beyond it you realize there's a mirror. What happens is that you go back and look at yourself. Diba? And then you look again, look again, and then you go away. And then later, when you go back to that spot, you make sure that you look again at the mirror. Why? You want to check if there is something wrong with your appearance. It's how the mirror works. It reflects our image and it helps us evaluate if there are blemishes, if there are imperfections in our appearance so that we may correct it. But when we see the blemish, when we see something is wrong, we ought to correct it. But if we are not correcting it, then that's exactly what James is telling. We heard the word, but we don't apply it. We are like that man who saw that there is something wrong and we did not correct that wrong that we have discovered. That's how a mirror works. Mirrors are actually blessings to us, and that's how the Word of God also works. When we read the Word of God, when we listen to the proclamation of God's Word, it tells us what God intends for us to be, and it helps us reflect. And when we reflect upon that Word, we see now how we ought to change, what are the blemishes that we need to correct, what are the imperfections that we have, that we needed to change. That's how it works. That is why James used this as an illustration. It's the negative illustration. But he did not stop there. He continued with another illustration, 
which is in a form of a positive one in verse 25. What did he say in verse 25? Look at these words. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Now, there is something that I have discovered here that I think very significant. When you look at verses 23 to 24, when James made the negative illustration, he used an object by which we could reflect our image and no other than the mirror that he mentioned here. That's the object that he used in verses 23 and 24. However, if you go to verse 25, I wondered when I started studying the text and I realized why, why James shifted from using a mirror to what he calls here a perfect law, the law of liberty. Why did he use now the perfect law? Why did he not continue using the word mirror? Here is something that I have learned. In those days, their mirrors are not made up of glass. They usually use as mirrors metallic objects. They shine and polish it, and then when it is really well polished, it would give your reflection. If you see your image on a metallic object, it would not project as clear as the glass mirror would project your image. So back in those days, the projection that they would see, the reflection of the polished metals, would only give them a very limited, limited details of the image. That is why if you contrast verse 23 and 24 to the object that he is using here, which is the perfect law, there is an idea of imperfect image that is projected by the mirror that is metallic in those days. In contrast to that perfect law that he's using right now, which is a full visual. What is he talking about here? I tried to go back to the context, and in verse 19, you would see there that he mentioned that God himself, by his wisdom, has used the word of truth that gives us salvation. What is this word of truth that is related to the perfect law that he used in verse 25? I discovered that when he pertained to the perfect law in relation to the word of truth that brings us eternal life, he's actually talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about the new covenant. In contrast to the old covenant, what does the old covenant show? The old covenant gives a picture of the new covenant. So you look at the Old Testament, they often look forward to the coming of Christ. They often look forward to the death of the Messiah and they do not present a clear picture. And yet when Christ has come, it painted the fulfillment of those prophecies. Now it's clearer. No wonder James stopped using the analogy of a mirror Instead, he started using the perfect law. Why is that so? This is the difference. When you look at the mirror, which was made of a metal object back then, it presents to you an imperfect image. 
And the point of reference of that image is no other than you yourself who is standing in front of the mirror. You are the point of reference of that thing. Because that's the, that's the, 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 that's the object that you would see reflected on the mirror. Okay? And what does the mirror do? It shows our imperfections. When you look at the mirror, you see that there is a blemish. You see that there is something wrong with your eyebrows. One goes up, the other goes down, and you got to correct it. That's how a mirror would project depending on how you appear. Because the work of the mirror is to display to you your imperfections, your blemishes. That's how it works. But that's not how the perfect law works. Because if you look at the gospel of Christ, that this darling of heaven came into this world, died for our sins to pay for the penalty of our mistakes, gave us eternal life and calls us God's children by His grace and by His love. Now when we look at the perfect law of God, it does not project our imperfections, but what it projects is our perfection despite our imperfections. I'll repeat. What a mirror will do is it reflects our imperfections. But what the Word of God, the Word of truth, I mean the perfect law that He used here pertaining to the gospel, when we begin to look at ourselves from that point of view as reflected by the gospel of Christ, we have been made children of God, we have been forgiven, it gives us an understanding that we have been made perfect despite our imperfections you see the difference no wonder why james used the object of the mirror in the earlier part of it and yet when he used a positive illustration he used the perfect law as the one that would reflect not our image in the past but our image when we put our faith in christ the old mirror the mirror of the Old Testament laws, actually. It shows to us our mistakes. It shows to us our blemishes. It shows to us our imperfections. But when we look at the new covenant, based on what Christ has done at the cross at Calvary, when we reflect on that matter, what we will see is the new us given to us by grace. It shows to us how God made us perfect despite our imperfections. And then having that POV, that point of view, James is telling the believers, my dear fellow Christians, you are no longer what you were before. You are a new person. Don't look at yourself using the old mirror. Look at yourself as reflected by the gospel of Christ. Because the old mirror would tell how wrong we have committed and how, how ugly we are in the eyes of the perfect God. But the new mirror as presented in the new covenant, it shows to us how we have been forgiven, how we have been cleansed, and how we have been accepted by God through the work and power and love and grace of Christ. And because we have been made new by the new covenant, 
Don't just hear the word of God. Be doers of his word. You see the difference? Because in the old covenant, if you look at the old mirror, you see something is wrong. You clean it so that you will be represent, I mean, you, you would be well represented or presentable. But in the new covenant, when you look at it, you will just realize Christ has made me clean already. And when I hear the word of God, I shall live according to it because I am already a new person. See the difference. It's a good reminder for every one of us tonight that when God looks at us, he's telling us, my child, I already have cleansed you. Live your life according to my word because you are already made perfect through the grace of Christ. Live perfectly according to his word. Because little mistakes that we commit, people outside would say, sayang, kristyano pa naman. There is an expectation. But when we live out our lives according to the word of God, we will be blessed and we will be a blessing. There was one time a pastor who left his parsonage early in the morning of Monday because he was about to meet a friend that he did not see for a long time. So he was excited and he left the parsonage because he did not have a motorcycle. He rode a jeep, a public transportation, a jeepney. When he rode the jeep, he read there a little statement near the roof of the jeep that says, 10 peso only. So yung pamasahe, 10 peso only. He grabbed his bag and then he realized that he did not have 10 peso coin. What he had was a 20 peso bill. So he handed it to the driver and said, Driver, isang pasahero. He handed the 20 peso bill and the driver got it. And then later, a few minutes, the driver said, Kanino yung 20? And he raised his hand and the driver handed him yung change niya. When the pastor received it, he realized that the driver gave him 15 pesos. Susubra ang sinsilyo. Savings. But in his heart, he was saying, I am a child of God. I must be honest in my dealings. So before he went down, when the jeep stopped in front of the mall, he went to the driver and said, Driver, sobra yung binigay mo na sukli. And then the driver looked at him into his eyes and said to him, Yes, Pastor. Uy, nakuyawan si Pastor. Gi-address naman siya Pastor. Yes, Pastor. Actually, I intentionally gave you 15 pesos. Yesterday, Sunday, yesterday, I was in your church and you preached about honesty. I just wanted to find out if you really live according to what you preach. Maayo na lang. Kay ugwa niya giuli, di na tumusimba balik. But that's actually the reality. When we begin to live our lives, being not hearers only but doers of the word, we are blessed and we will be a blessing. So stop being just a hearer. Live this place tonight with a commitment 
Lord, I will do what you would tell me to do because I am your child made cleansed by the blood of your son, Jesus. God bless you all. Good evening. You just heard the message from Zumbuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekayak Ministries. See you there!